This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. And I actually wouldn't qualify myself as bisexual. I would qualify myself as fluid. I don't particularly like labels, Mm -hmm. but I'm totally comfortable with it. And I feel like if somebody doesn't like who I am, they can just leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good attitude to have. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demilier. And we have a great episode for you this week. We interviewed Diva Mahal from the new Netflix show, Dating Around. Yeah, it was. she was so fun to talk to. She is great. She's so smart. She's funny. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked to her about being fluid in dating, mm-hmm. which, I mean, from everything I've watched or even researched for this podcast... I've really yet to see fluid people. Yeah, I feel like I he- you hear the word a lot more now as like LGBTQ plus uh, conversations are coming more to the forefront. But yeah, I feel like I haven't ever met someone who said that they were fluid. Yeah, um, or even in a show like that. Right. She, I think, I believe is the only one they showed that was fluid, both on dates with men and women. Yeah, I think so too. So, I mean, props to her. Uh, mm-hmm. And that really was, you know, we got to it in the interview. It was the first time she, like, publicly came out about that. Yeah. Well, in the in the media, yeah. Like, she said her friends and family knew. Um, and that, but publicly, yeah, more broadly. Right. And Because she's a, a musician as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just really, really interesting to talk with her and, and to, you know, hear her experiences. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to waste really any time. We're going to get right to this interview. Uh, but as always, if you guys want any extra episodes, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. It's a way you can support the pod, throwing us a little cash every month, get extra contact, extra exclusives. And, uh, as always, another way you could pay us without literally paying us is just leave a review. Mm-hmm. Leave us a review for the pod and, uh, hit the subscribe button that helps your girls out. And make this your Instagram story. I love to see who's listening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let we'll us share it. Yeah. Tag tag Diva. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, let's get into it. You've seen her on the latest season of Netflix's Dating Around. You've heard her R&B album, Run Deep. And she has a new song coming out on August 28th called Stand In. It's Long. Diva Mahal. Diva, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited you're here. And you're currently in Australia right now, so... Well, no, I'm in New Zealand, actually. New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> I always get them mixed up. <laughs> Every single time. Hot start. Hot start. Yeah. Coming, in, coming in good. Uh, we're nighttime our times. So we've had a full work day. Our brains are a little fried, but we're very, very okay. excited to have you on. We appreciate you coming on so much. Yeah, we watched the series on Netflix. That's how we uh, found out about you, and we loved it. I loved your episode. Um... But I have to ask up top, I'm very curious, on one of the dates you went on, you told one person that you don't kiss on first dates, you're not that type of type of gal. 
But then it cuts to you on another date where you do kiss on first date. So I'm curious, is that is that a move you pull if you feel like someone's trying to kiss you and, and you don't want it? Okay, so there's definitely an element of like kind of letting somebody know that I'm not trying to get that intimate with them. <laughs> so it definitely is, I, I would say I probably utilize that in that way, in that moment. But I also don't particularly like to kiss somebody on the first date mm-hmm. because I really like to know more about somebody before I invite them into my space like that. But then with the date that you're talking about that happens towards the end of the episode, she kind of caught me off guard. And then I just went with how I was feeling, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just went for it. <laughs> I don't hate it. I, you know, come to think of it, I don't think I have ever kissed somebody on the first date. But really? there's yeah, all- I think it's kind of an awkward thing. It's like weird. Of all the first dates, there are only two that I would even have been like willing to. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, it's good to know you in this kind of, like, guarded surface way. But, like, when you're inviting somebody into your whole, like, essence and the culture of your body and stuff like that, I don't know. It just feels strange to be like, yeah, sure, go for it, you know? No no shade, no tea to anybody that's, like, down for it. But for me particularly, like, I just don't usually like to kiss somebody in the first I might meet them. Oh yeah, there's no judgments here. I just, no, I just thought all. it was a great way to let someone down <laughs> indirectly that they don't, they don't feel like it's them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely, you can definitely say that I was like stating my boundaries very clearly because it was not something that I was wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking um, before earlier today of just throughout the episode of because the premise of the show is that you go on five first dates and you let down really at least four of them sometimes five and um (laughs) you're out of like all the episodes we watched you're very good at like letting people down in a very kind way and just letting them know that like you didn't click um and just being so human about it well if you start going into an interaction as a human, I, it doesn't seem to be too far removed to like continue to treat, like to respect people's humanity and their like vulnerability because it's a really vulnerable space mm-hmm. to be like kind of on a set and in like this kind of like intimate vulnerable setting where people are watching you and clearly going to have something to say about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just don't like to like play, play people out like that. It doesn't mm-hmm. like make me feel good so i wouldn't want to like treat somebody like that you know absolutely i feel like just so many men especially just are not really that direct and you get a lot of like oh yeah what? like maybe <laughs> and then you're like wait what do you mean though <laughs> and then you never oh, hear again i hate that i really hate it when somebody makes you do all of the work mm-hmm. like the emotion they kind of shift all the emotional labor and culpability or any responsibility in the interaction on you because they're just like emotionally and like lazy communicators. I really hate that. Yeah. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, So we just kind of dove right in to talking about your episode, but can you give us a little bit of background about your dating past and how you ended up on the show? Uh, well, they (laughs) like the casting, um, 
director like slid into my dms <laughs> really okay interesting yeah no and 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 i don't normally like respond to things like that but i had had a show at carnegie hall that few months earlier it was my first time playing there and they had and um, they'd gone to the show and then they were trolling my instagram and realized i had moved to new orleans and they were like oh my god <laughs> You know, and this is the way she kind of worded it was that she was like, I saw your show and I see that you're in New Orleans and I feel like you'd be really perfect for this. Would you ever be interested in doing something like this? And my first reaction was definitely like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is like my kind of bag, you know, I don't usually go out on dates with people I don't know, you know, so mm -hmm. it's very interesting it was a very interesting offer, but then I thought, you know, what a cool experience. And I really did enjoy watching the first season, the mm -hmm. season in New York. I thought it was like really, it was the first time I'd watched anything like that where I felt like it had like real heart and it seemed really authentic. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll give it a go. And then I met the producers and they were really awesome. All the producers were just so lovely and like really human and, they came to one of my shows in New Orleans and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I like these people, you know, mm -hmm. we just had like a real rapport and it was good and I liked it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I felt safe and I didn't feel objectified. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I figured I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, being one of the only bisexual characters on the show, how did you go about I guess, I don't know if you told the producers that. Did they know that ahead of time? Like, what was that process well, like? Actually, they, they, ask, they ask you a lot of questions. And one of them is like, you know, what are your pronouns? And what is your, um, like, how do you identify in terms of, like, who you're attracted to? And I actually wouldn't qualify myself as bisexual. I would qualify myself as fluid. I don't particularly like labels because I feel like it's limiting for me. Um, I respect everyone's identification and how they want to like describe their sexual preferences, but I don't actually even know what they all are. You know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, cause how often do you have like all the experiences that you might say yes to? I don't know. I just want to be able to be open to people and not um, what their genitals are. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel. I feel like that's a, a relatively newer, um, not like concept, but it's it's being talked about a lot more in in recent years. And so I'm curious of how you've kind of, you've navigated those conversations in the past with prospective partners and you know types of reactions that you've had and and how it may have changed over time. You know, it's very interesting because it seems to be more problematic when you're dating men particularly mm -hmm. cis men they they either are exoticizing it or they're seriously like afraid of it you know mm -hmm. um i don't think i've chosen a partner like somebody to date that has had those feelings particularly because i find that to be reductive mm -hmm. so i um I haven't really had a problem with anybody that I've dated that has been kind of weird about it, you know, mm -hmm. or, or made me feel othered because of it, you know, because I think when you're dealing with 
one person, that's the person that you're dealing with. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. as long as you're being open and honest with each other, then I don't, it, yeah, it doesn't really showed up for me, but I know it has for a lot of people that I know, you know, mm -hmm. and it seems to be like, it seems to be like, you'll see, like you see in my date with true, how there's kind of like a, there's kind of like, yeah, there's like a fetish, like a fetish thing kind of going on there. And it seems to be like, not really, it seems to be not really like equal either in mm -hmm. that, in that particular instance where I, I, I didn't really vibe with that. You know, there was no, didn't seem to be enough equity in his perspective when it comes to being in a relationship with women who are fluid. Right. Or in his particularly bisexual black women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, obviously in the show, you had these conversations on your dates very early with these people being at the first yeah. date. Is that something that you've yeah. always done and had it bring out the conversations earlier? me being super super clear about my feelings about being attracted to women like being able to like verbalize that is not like something that i've always said out loud so i was really feeling the need to like be really honest with myself and especially since i had said it to the producers like i i wanted to like really have the opportunity to like meet different people and like mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have to wave my sexual preferences around per se mm -hmm. but I do think it's important that people know that I'm open to lots of different types of relationships you know and I don't know I don't always know if it's people's business mm -hmm. and so I don't know I've kind of like mixed feelings about that I haven't fully fully um nailed down precisely how I feel about that because sometimes in different circumstances it feels like that's not information that I want to share with somebody but usually that's somebody that I don't want to know right. do you know what I mean yeah or like somebody that I don't want in my intimate spaces mm -hmm. but I'm totally comfortable with it and I feel like if somebody doesn't like who I am they can just leave <laughs> that's a good attitude to have yeah <laughs> is was uh being on the show really your first uh time being like public about your fl fluidity and dating like i mean i on tv like people are watching it all around the world so, like, yeah well i'm curious if you had yeah, like any friends or family in your life you know, most that... of the time people interview me they're talking about my music or they're talking about a show or they're talking about you know whatever so it doesn't really come up very often about like what my sexual preference is when I'm doing like any kind of media stuff. Mm -hmm. So I I would say that that's the like l like definitely the loudest <laughs> I've been about it <laughs> um, on such a grand scale. But yeah, like it's not news to the people who know me. Well, most of them that like really spend a lot of time with me although i did have some friends who were like bitch really we're like oh so you're a lesbian now and i was like no did you not see teasing me a little bit but i was just like whatever well i also was gonna say when you brought up 
people fetishizing people that are either bisexual or fluid. That was one of the yeah. immediate questions I wanted to ask you was if, you know, you're on a date or dating a man and it eventually comes up that you're fluid. Have you often then been either like assumed that you would have a threesome or asked if you would like right then and there? Because I feel like that's something that my friends of mine that are fluid or bisexual, that's kind of their number one like annoyance of it, I guess I would say. Is there like men will assume like, oh, she's down for a threesome then because she likes both. I'm just saying, I mean, yeah, that's no, what they assume. That's yeah. not me. No, I'm, I'm not, not saying that, that at you. I mean, like. One of the things that I said when I was talking to the producers is like, I don't want to be on a date with anyone that is like a bigot or has any kind of like racial or gender bias. And I definitely don't want to be, you know, like I was like, no fascist, no homophobic, no sexist. I don't want any misogynist. You know, I was very clear about that. So I don't, yeah, I don't want to be on a date with somebody like that. So I try to, I guess that's why it kind of plays into how like different it was for me to go on dates with people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like already kind of have a general idea of their character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I haven't had really, really had that experience. And if I did, I would pretty much just shut it down. I mean, I have been on in experiences where I've been exoticized or like sexualized by someone surprisingly, but it's not because I'm fluid or like interested in more than just one gender. It's usually because I find there's a lot of fetishizing of black women. Mm-hmm. I think, especially if you're like, um, for me, being, I guess I don't want to speak in ge- like general terms because everybody has like a different experience. But for me, as like a full bodied, like fully realized black woman, there's a lot of like overt sexual energy that you end up having to like kind of like weed through or rebuff or like kind of like push off you because a lot of people respond sexually to like voluptuous bodies Mm -hmm. so that's probably been like my most like the place where i'm just like you need to check yourself like just because i'm you know me doesn't mean that it gives you any you know just because you can't handle yourself (laughs) around all my juiciness you just need to like get it together so um but that's how i would feel about it if somebody did treat me that way Mm -hmm. like you need to go and do some reading and meditating and heal your mm-hmm. weirdness about <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like you need to heal yourself and open your mind I was doing an interview earlier and it was like I was just kind of saying you know we're taught we're kind of conditioned to have some sort of like arguably like fake rules of like engagement when it comes to like sexuality and how we're supposed to engage with each other and identify ourselves and whatnot. And they kind of go all across the board, you know, like in every um, which way. And I think that that I think that it's good for people that really feel like that it helps them really reaffirm and know who they are. But for me, like, I don't want to limit myself. And I kind of want to reprogram my brain and it, I think every day is like a day of reprogramming because there's like this kind of agreed upon social standards or whatever that not agreed upon, but like set upon us of like what we're supposed to like believe and how we're supposed to see ourselves and what we're supposed to find attractive. And like, what, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's like these rules of engagement when you walk out and you're kind of being programmed 
at every everywhere you turn and I'm like really into like decolonizing and deprogramming my brain. I don't want to be told what I can and can't do. You spoke about being a black woman and certain things you've faced that were kind of biases towards you. Do you feel in general the world accepts women as being fluid easily like more so than they yeah. would accept men that claim to be fluid or yeah. bisexual? I think they accept like cisgendered women as being fluid far more than they would they would um, accept like a cisgendered male. And I, I attribute that to sexism and patriarch our patriarchal society. Uh, also, I, 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 you know, the oppressive gender confines that we impose upon ourselves are, are greatly um, responsible for that. Um, but then I also think it's even more complex than that because I think you get you can run the risk of like I don't know I think it's risky to speak in absolutes when you're talking about people's gender and identity because there is like we you know like we say there is a spectrum to it so I'm always a little bit hesitant to like speak about everybody else's experience but um I, in my experience, I have noticed that there's like a real fear surrounding cis male um, fluidity, you know? Oh, for sure. And like, I mean, I've heard that, it from people. Yeah. It's, I that, feel, that, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, that, that I've kind of witnessed, you know, and I have friends that are fluid or poly or, or, um, you know, trans and you know trans female and male and like all these different like representations of humanity and um yeah it's just really i find all that stuff to be really like i guess it's sad it's like sad it's maddening you know mm -hmm. because it's like why does it bother you know the sexism it goes both ways it's like really frustrating because people are just missing the humanity part and the, there's a lot of like um, demonizing of you know anything that's different and doesn't fit the status quo, mm -hmm. you know, which is a shame because life is a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things that you can experience, and I think it's a waste of time to tell you yourself no until you actually know you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people who have stigmas against like the lgbtq plus community just don't understand it and so then they're just afraid of what they don't understand and and many of them just don't yeah, even absolutely. take the time to, to learn uh, yeah well i again i kind of go back to like who's been in charge of writing like the narrative and what is okay and what is acceptable in society mm -hmm. and then also i would go back to like exposure like a lack of exposure and representation, like positive mm -hmm. representation, because there's been like a very like intentional demonization of like LGBTQIA people, mm -hmm. you know, throughout history in like pop culture and in film and in absolutely propaganda and things like that, that have kind of conditioned people to think that it comes, it is something to fear. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I've only really found in the spaces where queer people have been fully accepted, 
and loved and appreciated and not objectified. I've only found beauty and like friendship and found like love and home and safety. It's quite a shame. Yeah. When and like what age did you begin to realize that you might be fluid and kind of how did you deal with that realization and those feelings? There's this like acceptance to some degree. So I feel like there's like some, especially if you're like femme, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's different when you're not like a femme presenting female. So I think they're much more prejudiced against women that don't present that way Mm -hmm. in those spaces. And for me, like just kind of felt like something beautiful and special you know, or like something exciting. And then I mostly dated men as like a young adult, you know, I never really felt like I had like an aha moment. It never like appeared to me as like a thing where it was like, oh, I'm this now. I just like who I like. And it's always been that way. So have have you yeah. ever felt like you were rejected because of your sexuality? Like say both ways of either men that weren't okay with you also dating women or maybe women that are like, oh, I don't date, you know, fluid girls. I date, you know, lesbians only or something like that. Did you ever feel you've had rejection? I don't. I can't say that I've felt like any extreme rejection. And and the people that have like kind of presented that kind of behavior, I'm very, very happy to just like eject them from my <laughs> life. So because I just don't have I just don't have the patience for it. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. I find it really like it, it's maddening and this life is too short for me to like waste time on people that I have to like, you know, teach. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I do enough of that as a black person. And so I don't have room for it. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious where did you like, did you grow up and live like most of your life in city areas? Cause we're both from small towns. No, 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 I didn't. Oh, that's really I'm from interesting. a very small island in the Pacific mm. called Kauai. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it is very, very small. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a thing called Island Fever because you were desperate to get off the island to go <laughs> anywhere else. Which is funny because now as an adult, I'm like, how can I move back home to Hawaii? Like, how? (laughs) (laughs) How how much money do I need to make? Like, what are the things that I need to put in place? Like, Mm -hmm. go back home to Hawaii and just like, like, yeah, I grew up in a very small town. It's Mm -hmm. very small minded in a lot of places. But I also, um, I also joined, I was a theater kid and I was a choir kid. So I was like really involved in the arts from a very young age and that's where it was my like safe space you know when you're like a theater kid you're just kind of like you just don't pay attention to those kind of like rules and limitations because you're you know even in the teachings it's like teaching you to be open and accept what's in front of you and take it to the next level you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. it's not like I have a a cousin who's a theater kid. She's really um, exceptional in in the arts. And I've just been so impressed, like watching her being such this amazing advocate. And I'm like, I wish I had this perspective at your age. Because, you know, growing up in sports, you just, I I know Uh, personally, I really didn't see it. And if anything, if it was more just sheltered and then you're seeing women come out now that they're, you know, in their mid to late 20s. And you're like, oh, like... I, it just makes you sad looking back like that people couldn't be comfortable in their own skin in that environment. 
it, it's, it's a challenge, you know, because you walk out every day and like when you walk out into the world, you have the things that you've learned and you have the experiences that you've made or had. And then you walk out and it's like very easy to forget the things that fortify your character or that like give you the strength to just be who you are at all times. And so it's, it's, it's a challenge, I think, especially if you don't grow up in a culture that like supports and accepts who you are, you know, mm-hmm. and that gives you the tools and the language and the resources to back that up, you know, because people will challenge, especially if you stand out in any way, the instinct for other people is to challenge it in some way to kind of like test it to see how strong it is or to see if it's like rooted in anything real, you know? So that's like a real challenge when you're in spaces where they don't, you don't have the resources or the tools or the support or the love to like back that up. Mm-hmm. And I can say that like, like being in a relatively like progressive and accepting family, I didn't have the fear of being myself in that way. So that helps when in situations when you don't have it, you know, which is a lot of places in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, some of it's based around safety and some of it's based around ignorance. And, you know, well, I'd say all of it's based around ignorance, but like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's about being safe. Sometimes it's about, sometimes you don't have the patience. (laughs) Sometimes it's like, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't have the patience to just sit and like break it down for somebody who's not trying to hear you. Yeah. You know when Um, it's not going to get through. Yeah, but but at the, in the same breath as I say that, I do think that it is very important to like meet those people where they're at and and challenge them. So I don't know. It's you can't. You know, you, you, we're not walking like Energizer bunnies where we have this emotional capacity to just mm-hmm. always like be on form and be able to like show up for ourselves at every single moment you know because we're human right Mm -hmm. so that happens but yeah um i I would i'm curious i'd love to hear what advice you would give somebody who maybe is listening to this that is sitting there saying you know i've always felt maybe i was bisexual or fluid what advice would you give to them about navigating those feelings for me it was very important to be like 100 percent real with myself about what i really felt and what I was really desiring and to not let it sit in a place. I don't want shame to ever dictate the decisions that I make. And I realized that like, for me, that means being very open about the fact that I'm attracted to not just one gender. In fact, gender isn't the thing that like really attracts me. (laughs) So um, I would say just to like really figure out what it is that you want and that that makes you feel good and the people that make you feel good and like follow those instincts and if you're ever in a situation where somebody makes you feel objectified or unsafe like call them out on it and in a safe way and you know remove those kind of people from your immediate circle you know and i would say that it's okay to be who you are and it's not okay to be objectified because of who you are. And if anybody makes you feel like that, you are you have every right to draw like a very clear boundary and to let people know that that's not what you're about, mm-hmm. you know? 
and always making sure you're checking in with yourself that you feel good about this and this is not performative or for somebody else, some, somebody else's like enjoyment unless that's an agreement that you're both making. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's what I would say for me. That's <laughs> no, all right. It's great advice. I mean, in general, I've gotten the vibe. You're, you're very good at setting boundaries, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of women in general are not great at. Because we feel bad. We yeah. think we, we're making well, the other person yeah. feel bad when really it's like, no, how am I feeling? If I don't feel safe, like you said, or comfortable, mm-hmm. you absolutely can put up any boundary you want, whatever it is. Yeah. I was actually yeah. just having this conversation at work as far as like being direct on work emails and little things of like women tend to just use way too many words because they get very uncomfortable with being straight to the yeah. point. And it's like, yeah. w- then it yeah. just kind of gets lost in translation of like, what do you want? <laughs> well, the thing is, is like, okay. So something that I realized is that like men, don't, most cis men don't have to think about that. Like no. most <laughs> men, they say a lot of them, not all of them. Cause again, I don't want to generalize, but for the culture that we live in, most of them can say whatever the hell they want to say. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they without like little with little to no thought about like what the emotional repercussions are, right? Mm-hmm. And th- I don't always think that that's something to like look down on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I think it's like a mental prison that you're living in when your your mind is telling you or society is telling that you can't advocate for yourself mm-hmm. because somebody else is going to be upset about it. It's one thing to like have boundaries for yourself and it's another thing to like hurt someone you know Mm -hmm. and people are responsible for their feelings you know and they help you navigate what's a safe place to be and where you're accepted and where you're loved and where you're not or sometimes there's like gray area and it still helps you like kind of navigate the terrain but you're not responsible if somebody is upset because you have a boundary and you don't want them to cross it. Yeah. That's their work to do. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's also about being real with myself. You know, it's also about being real with myself. I'm like, is this a real boundary or am I like, is there some stuff in this for me or is this like really where I'm at, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so then it's important to kind of like ask yourself those questions and like dig deeper and be like, you know, where is this coming from for me? And not in a judgmental way, but like in a way that's like really like honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, someone cannot like your answer and that doesn't mean that you're wrong. And I think that a lot of women right. just feel that way. Yeah, well, because we're like told all the time that we have to like be the peacekeepers mm-hmm. and that we have to like always be caring about everybody's feelings. And then you wake up one day and you realize you weren't caring about your own mm-hmm. for like years yeah <laughs> you no know, i don't know if you've had that experience where you reflect and you're like i can't believe i like didn't show up for myself in that moment yeah mm-hmm. oh, totally. a lot of them. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know them. <laughs> you're like okay i'm really fucking at the end of my limit and just can't anymore yeah and it's a shame that you have to wait to get to that place where it's like you just can't deal with it it should just be like this is what it is you know mm-hmm. yeah like i don't these are, you know, this is who I am and this is how I show you how to treat me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so. I mean, I'm more the type of when something ends, whatever type of relationship, I tend to self-blame a little of like, oh, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Yep. Same. And, you know, like yeah. doing that in combination with 
you know, I mean, I'm glad you don't feel any shame putting up any boundaries and things like that. But a lot of times, like, we've also just been stuck in things that we know is not good yeah. for us, but we're still trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I was going to say that's our stuff. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's our baggage. That's our emotional shit that we need to go through to, like, look at and be like, why am I doing this thing that's clearly not healthy? Like, why do I keep not seeing the thing that I need to see? Those are just like other roadmaps to be like, hey, there's a thing that needs to be addressed here and it keeps showing up. So you need to do the work, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just personally have dealt with that of like, I have herpes and dating with herpes on this podcast. It's yeah, I've been stuck in things that I'm like, but they accepted this herpes, but I'm ignoring all these other awful things. Yeah. And I think that goes for whatever your, you know, quote baggage is. But just, but just with anything, because baggage is only baggage if you treat it like it's baggage. You yeah. Know? Right. Like, and it's also like the shame culture. If you allow it to sit in a shameful space and hidden in the dark, mm-hmm. then you are leaving yourself open to be mistreated, mm-hmm. you know? Because if you're accepting your reality as it is right now and that you are clear about who that, what that is, you know, with the people that you're engaging with, then it's their kuleana whether or not they want to like figure that out if they're good with it and it's like you know what i mean like you can't allow anyone to like let you shrink back into the dark or make you feel like you're not worthy of Mm -hmm. being respected and loved because you know you don't fit the mold of whatever they think is whatever you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. no 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 my humanity is intact and this is what I, you know, this is my experience in my reality. Cause I actually have quite a few friends who uh, have herpes as well. And like all of them are living healthy, beautiful lives for the most part. So it's also again, propaganda of like people like and misinformation. So mm-hmm. it's like, I totally get that. And, and props to you for being super like, um, <laughs> thanks. I mean, this, this podcast was when I first came out about it, I guess, in a public yeah. sense. But it is very, um, you know, it's. I feel it's like it's similar vulnerable. with... What would you say? It makes you super vulnerable because it makes you vulnerable to other people's judgment. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, in general, I think it's also, like, someone that doesn't have one friend that's gay is having assumptions yeah. about gay people mm-hmm. or, yep. or trans people or fluid people. And it's very similar to herpes in that I had friends in my life that would make comments about herpes in front of me, having no idea I had it. And then when I would say, um, I actually have herpes, they were like, oh, and it just humanized it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's the first time they realized like, yeah, regular people have this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the danger of dehumanization. It allows, that's the space where it allows people to do really heinous things to each other mm-hmm. and to treat people really horrifically. And it happens in so many different ways every mm-hmm. day, you know? And so it's important to like lead with your humanity and to like show people that it's like, no, I'm not just a word, mm-hmm. I'm not a statistic. I'm a human being and you can take it or leave it. And that's totally up to you, but you're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously we're not always there in that space. Like obviously you're not always like in this like heroic self-assured 
my roots are my, my, my roots are deeply planted in the ground kind of headspace but but I think that's the like place to aspire to be to kind of like evolve beyond like being able to be allow people to like dehumanize you you know mm-hmm. well because like, I think yeah. there is something really to like you get kind of what you put out there like people are going to treat you the yeah. way that you treat yourself well, the, law, the law of attraction mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. It's super real. I Mm -hmm. really believe in that because it just, people are attracted to people who are attracted to themselves. You know what I mean? Like if you're attracted, you actually attracted to yourself, you actually appreciate yourself. You're actually loving on yourself. The world treats differently, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our moments outside of it. Yeah. Um, well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. So we, we usually do a, a little wrap up question here. We ask all of our guests. So speaking of law of attraction, I'm curious. Uh, can you, we, on this podcast, we, it's called Shooters Gotta Shoot because we're the type, we'll shoot shots, right? We're, we're bad at waiting yeah. for people to come to us. <laughs> and I'm not 100% sure of law I'm of attraction. So You're what? I'm so bad. I'm so bad at it. You're I'm so bad so at waiting? Bad. Or shooting a shot. So bad at waiting. I'm so oh, bad. Oh, at okay, waiting. great. This is a great oh, question. Then. Perfect. <laughs> this is perfect because a question. I do, I do agonize a little bit about it because I'm just like, oh god, I just like really don't want it. Like, I like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I agonize about it. It's really gonna say the thing that I need to say, or like I like really like this person, <laughs> kind of like da 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 da. But eventually, it comes out. Oh man, yeah, I'm the type. I, I hate waiting to find out yeah. that I would yeah. rather just get an answer. And put yeah. it out there. Yeah, I'd yeah. Just know. I'd rather just know. Yeah. Right, and like, then you can move on. I may push for a hard no yes. instead of just leave it <laughs> ambiguous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> gray area. It's like, like somebody needs to teach a class on like how to recover from rejection. Like, <laughs> like, like not be afraid to that like somebody says no because they have the right to say no. Right, and that's okay. It has nothing to do with like. You know what I mean? It's not about you. It's about them. So, if, mm-hmm. what you know, and that's like a lesson that we all have to kind of like learn. But if we get good at it, it's kind of like getting good at failing, you know? Yeah. They say, d- you know, fail better. And that's how you say <laughs> <laughs> So, like, get good at failing. Get good at, like, people saying no to you. And then, like, the people that say yes, you know, you can just be like, okay, you know, like, it's, yeah, you bounce that. <laughs> That's gonna be my new dating motto. Yeah. Fail better. Fail better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true though. Totally applicable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would love to ask: Can you remember a time that you shot your shot, and was it a hit or a miss? Can it be like a hit and then a miss afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just a story that sticks out in your yeah. mind. We'd love to hear. Oh God! Because I got to be honest, uh, on the show, I would assume you don't shoot shots. You seemed seemed a little shy, but I don't know if that was because cameras or you know all that. I I definitely can be shy. I'm not always shy. So I'm particularly if it's somebody that I really like. Okay, well this one time I'm not because there's a couple, lot of different times and the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't always ask somebody out, but this one time I was like terrified to ask somebody out. And so I wrote them a letter. Like I wrote it all in a letter and I mailed it in the post, you know, like we used to do. I had to wait for a response mm. for so long. Oh, <laughs> like holidays. But I, I, I'm a bit of a romantic and I like 
I like writing letters and I like receiving letters. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, if I write this letter and this person writes back, then they definitely like me, you know? For sure. And I got a letter back and it was like, I feel the same way and da 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 da. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. And it made my day. It made my day. Oh, that's amazing. A different way of like writing somebody like to engage with somebody to kind of take it out of like context a little bit and make it feel more personalized mm -hmm. so it worked i mean i'm not sure if this was before email but what i personally like about the letter move is that it it doesn't I would email it, like that it doesn't it has yeah it doesn't need a response and it's also not immediate like when you send a dm yeah. it's like you're sitting there. that's gonna be answered <laughs> so quick I feel like that's tacky. I since the show, I've been getting a lot of messages from people being like, "I don't know if you want," and I'm like, "You're right. I would never like. <laughs> I'm not like. Please don't like. Really? Like you're not. I appreciate your humanity, but like this is not how you get to know me. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I feel like that's how most people shoot shots now. So yeah. Just in the DMs. Well, especially in quarantine. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't respond well to that. Like, I like. I like the human element of it. So. I like to hear a voice or see somebody's face mm -hmm. or like see re like read somebody's letter or like you know what I mean mm -hmm. I don't know like DMs are a little strange for me because I'm just like you're just seeing who I am on social you don't actually know who I am you know mm -hmm. so I don't know I feel I feel kind of funny about them but they happen a lot well, I mean, I'm partly hearing you're like, you got to buy a ticket to my show. So yeah. <laughs> you got to buy tickets yeah. to my performance. Yeah, I need a little more effort than a DM. I need a little more effort than sliding into my DMs. <laughs> yeah, Me. this has been so awesome. And yeah. uh, once again, everybody can find Diva at Diva Mahal on Instagram, Twitter, and anything else you want to plug that's coming out? Uh, no, I just have a new song coming out on August 28th. It's called Stand In. So stay tuned. Yeah, so definitely give Diva a follow, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We had a great time, yeah. and thanks for being yeah, so open and honest. Yeah, no worries. All right, well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Uh, as always, you can find me at Sparica. And I'm at The Guacamole. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.